Chart Chat is a member of the Tiege.fm network from WTJU Radio. Find out more at Tiege.fm. That's T-E-E-J dot F-M. everybody. It's Tuesday, January 22nd, 2019. I'm Caitlin Flay. And I'm Tanner Green. And you're listening to Chart Chat, your weekly guide to the past week of pop singles hitting the US and UK charts. Tanner, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm a little sleepy. Uh, You know, this was the first week back in school, so there's teaching. There's a new job I started at Special Collections here. So adjusting, we'll say, to the, the new pace of the semester. But I'm good. How are you? I'm doing okay. Uh, There's a lot of also new things happening on my end. We're starting a new semester, and I have a lot of radio class revisions to make. And you know how when you're a teacher, you just want to make things constantly better, but you know the way they are is okay. (laughs) I'm like somewhere in between there of not really feeling the revisions, but I I will do them. I will get around to them. But first, as always, comes the UK chart entries. We're going to start down at number 97 this week with A Boogie With The Hoodie and his song Look Back At It. At number 84, we have A Boogie Again, featuring Offset and Tyga this time with the song Star Tender. At number 80, we have the song Favorite Thing by Fleur East. Catfish and the Bottleman debut at number 79 with Long Shot. At number 42... We have the song Medicine by Bring Me the Horizon. That was kind of a surprise for me this week. At number 15, Chris Brown debuts with his song Undecided. And the highest entry of the week on the UK side cracks the top 10. At number 6, we have Hetty One featuring our BFF Dave with the song 18 Hunna. Tanner, I'm tossing it over to you. What do you have for us this week? I don't have a ton for you this week. Pretty slim pickings over here. Uh, just got four songs. First off, debuting at number 87, there's Valuable Pain by Youngboy Never Broke Again. Lil Pump debuts at number 81 with Butterfly Doors. We jump up to number 46, where Future debuts with Crushed Up. And our highest entry in the U.S., breaking the lower rungs of the top 40, it's Chris Brown at number 35 with Undecided. And that's about it. What a mediocre week in the U.S. <laughs> there's not yeah it's just kind of a uh, uh. we're just easing our way into 2019 (laughs) how how shruggable are things over on the uk i will leave that for you dear listeners to decide but i have two fresh picks i'm very excited to talk about obviously we're gonna start off with dave because that's the kind of human being i am you guys probably all remember the amazing success of funky friday that reached number one of the UK official charts last year in October. And here he is again, cracking the top 10 last week. Again, his song 18 Hana with Hetty One debuts at number six. That's pretty awesome. For having, I think, very moderate success in the UK before October 2018, and then having this 
short amount of time. I think Dave's doing an amazing job. Just wanted to put that out there. So this time, Dave is not collaborating with Fredo, as he did on Funky Friday, but with new kid on the block, Hedy One. Let's talk about him for a second. He's a 24-year-old Tottenham-based rapper. Yes, for listeners that are very observant, you probably remember that I've explained before that that's where the overlord of grime, Skepta, and his little brother, Jamie, are from. Hedy One used to release music under the stage name Heads. Head and a Z on the end. Uh, But he switched that up pretty recently. So I didn't actually check to see whether or not there was any music under that Spotify name. But someone can do that and let us know. We can't be responsible for all the legwork here. (laughs) Uh, Okay. So 18 Hana has had a little bit of traction on social media. Fans have started recreating the beginning of this very basic music video where a heady turns his head to the side and locks eyes with the camera, but then continues to walk forward. It's hard to describe with words. You should definitely see the music video. So I guess what I'm trying to say is it had a little bit of the in my feelings challenge vibe, but it got nowhere near as viral as that. Continuing on, just a little bit more background information, everyone. Just like Paul Fisher, one of our picks in last week's episode, in addition to Hedy One's solo work, he also collaborates with a guy that calls himself RV, and they released a kind of popular mixtape titled Drillers and Trappers back in 2017. And I mention that because I think it's pretty indicative of Hedy One's overall sound or maybe the genre he participates in we'll get into that a little bit more later again the track you're about to hear has given heady one the title of highest charting drill artist ever in the uk official charts so without further ado let's take a listen this is 18 hana Got short bait, all now gang got a kid that one quiet Have a sleep last night, I done a night shift I couldn't even count those tenors and fivers I was 15 stepping, stressing out cab drivers Skangs and a whiz, no license I know, I know full well where the nine is We can't talk about riding 1800 for the new rusty Man grab it and kick it like rugby I was in a tea house, head back dusty Still waking up to news and country Four and a half and a bando Profit all so lovely My little bro shared that a pack and flushed it Tell me how he could be so clumsy These bad bees coming to the niz They don't really love me, but they love me From Craven's doing up Opsy I swear man that I won't sell them country If I give me that drop Won't be nothing like Humpty's Battle bus, watch you get dumpy These ups can't never get comfy no composure, still flip like motor rollers This me and I'm phoning bro up Hop into the oldest motor My West Ting wanna leave me But I told her I need three weeks notice Don't listen to them, they're loafers We got beef with them and odors Odors, hocus pocus Eyes all rolling back Gotta tap that face like babes, they focus We ain't never had no You see most of my G's got birded That's why I still gotta watch for the vultures Somalis I roll with so It's Aki on side like saltfish Literally, man's been trying to make history But my little So I would like to start with drill. This is a musical genre or maybe a subgenre related to trap music. And drill became popular in Chicago in the early 2010s. I'm thinking Chief Keef. I'm thinking Lil Durk. I admittedly don't listen to a ton of US or UK drill. So if 
anybody has other listening suggestions, please let me know. I will say from what I know of Chief Keef and Lil Durk, I've noticed one very big difference between U.S. and U.K. drill that I'd like to mention here, and that is use of autotune. I think, in general, autotune is a massive part of Chief Keef's sound, whereas the vocals in U.K. drill, as we just heard from Hetty One and Dave, are a little bit more influenced by grime, in my opinion, so they lack the same level of autotune. They sound a bit more real, if you will, overall. Lyrically, drill tends to venture into the darker side of your typical rap subject matter. So many of the lyrics contain, you know, graphic descriptions of violent behavior, references to gangs, poor treatment of women, and drugs. All of the things, all of the reasons why my mother doesn't like rap music. Haha. <laughs> um, so even if you couldn't tell from the clip we played because of accent barriers that's exactly the kind of subject matter you get in 18 Hana. now perhaps as a shock to some i don't think this song shows off dave's talent in any special way it seems a bit too fast paced for his rich deeper flow heady one was fine though I, I just, I think I had higher standards going in when I saw Dave as a feature. So Tanner, I'm not a fan. I'd give production maybe a B minus, and that's generous. I would give the rapping maybe a C plus. I'm just not impressed, and I wanted to love it so bad. I'll <laughs> save me. Yeah, I'm similarly sort of left indifferent by this track. It's certainly not bad, but it's just kind of, eh. Uh, I think Dave comes really strong out of the gate with his verse. He's got some really quick lines in there, but then he starts to space out his lines a little bit more and it starts to kind of flatline because maybe, as you mentioned, because of the tempo of the song. Hetty, for his part, he's got some nice lines about his little brother being clumsy. And then if you go back and listen to the chorus in the left channel, there's this synth going up and down that sounds kind of like a G-funk synth line. But the song just feels kind of listless and yeah, yeah. I'm making this this gesture with my hands. It's it's fine. <laughs> oh man, I just and it's number six. That's I think the part that blows my mind. If this was sitting at maybe seventy or eighty, it would make sense to me. But I don't know. I mean, that has to be a sign of Dave's continuing popularity, continuing to rise. You know, yeah. in the wake of Freaky Friday or Freaky Friday, Funky Friday, Funky Friday. Excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> How no, can I, mix up the two? I would totally agree. And I think that's, I think that's good. I think that might, if anything, well, look at a positive. It might push him to release some more music on his own. I don't know. We'll see. What we will also see is my second pick this week. That is Long Shot by Catfish and the Bottleman. I've been waiting so long to talk about Catfish and the Bottleman on this podcast, everyone. Oh, my word. Okay. I'm going to try and contain myself. Catfish and the Bottlemen are currently my favorite UK rock band. The members are Welsh, lead vocalist, guitarist, and frontman Van McCann, lead guitarist Johnny Bond, bassist Benji Blakeway, and drummer Bob Hall. These guys are super young, and they started their band like a decade ago. It's kind of nuts. They went through a lot of different, I guess, uh, instrumentalist changes at the beginning. And now they're just kind of coming into their own. 
I'd also like to give a shout out to their best friend, Larry, who also tours with them. And true fans know that he's a real part of the band. Okay, let's talk about the charts real quick. This is Catfish and the Bottleman's first release since 2016. And that was when they released The Ride, their sophomore album, which peaked at number 28 on the Billboard 200 and number one on the UK official albums chart. I saw them live in 2016 at the 930 Club in Washington, D.C., and it's still one of the highlights of my life. And guess what, guys? You can see them soon, too. They're touring the States. Uh, They announced some dates for March and April. Not Washington, D.C., so I'm a little bit salty. My guess is that we will see another album from them maybe in February before this tour. Because it just doesn't make sense to me as a musician to announce a tour and then play all of the music you played on your last tour. Does that make sense, Tanner? Definitely. So enough gushing. Let's play this song so you can fall in love with it as much as I have. This is Long Shot. Go ahead and tell me you got all you want. Fiverr says you're wrong. And I suppose you've come down to help me move things along. And we lapped it up and we're wise enough to know. I'm in love with this song for so many reasons, Tanner. Let me list them. The most general reason, and maybe one that listeners won't connect as much to, is that I hear a lot of growth in this song. I've been following this band since they were nothing, and it just sounds like they're maturing in a good way. Have you ever had a band, Tanner, that is like your favorite, and then they start changing and growing and then kind of diverging from the reasons you started liking them in the first place that was my entire experience with janelle monet last year (gasps) yes wow that's a good example actually i saw her on tour for the electric lady which itself as an album was it was okay but you know fell in love with her back in the arc uh the arc android and i didn't think dirty computer was very good but that's a different issue okay so Thank you for saying that, because that's not what's happening here. (laughs) I highly recommend to everyone, go back and listen to the first two albums, and you'll probably be able to hear what I mean. Another reason I love this song is the bridge. I didn't play a clip of it for you guys, but it's a pretty long bridge. And in general, that it has one, great. And the melody in the bridge, ah. It's so catchy. The melody overall in this song is very catchy. 
Pop musicians, take note. Work on your bridges. The vibe of the song, the positivity is so contagious. Listeners have probably gathered by now that I'm pretty bubbly. And lyrically, I I think of this song as a journey anthem, I guess. I put scare quotes around that because I don't know if that's actually a thing. But it kind of has this cautiously optimistic vibe that really speaks to me. So the beginning of the chorus, I'm going to read you the lyrics. Listen, the distance between us could have took a while. Once we close that difference, you'd turn up like a friend of mine. Every once in a while, the little things make me smile as if one of our long shots paid off. Right, so it's not convincingly or maybe like fake happy that some pop musicians, I guess, give us. There's a sense of like in, like determination and like endurance. It's a, it's a hearty song. Yes, yes, I like it. But while those lyrics are kind of fresh in your ears, I want to voice a little bitty critique that I have been aware of since the band's beginning, and that's songwriting ability. So Van McCann is the primary writer for Catfish and the Bottleman, and I just don't think he's among the best lyricists in the rock indie pop game right now kind of not even close sometimes the songs feel a little bit clunky when it comes to the lyrical flow I guess but I also find that different and kind of endearing and I think it suits his voice because he's not a spectacular singer he smokes a lot I'm curious uh speaking as someone who has absolutely no prior knowledge of this band you talk about the song as feeling like some sort of a step forward. Does it feel like a step forward lyrically as well? Or is it more of the same? I That's a great question, first off. I think I would say a step in the right direction. I think they're embracing the fact that they're not the pop mold. They don't fit the mold. And another UK band that did that was Oasis. I'm thinking of a song like Champagne Supernova that makes no sense whatsoever. And it's just a hit, right? And to this day, people will sing that at the top of their lungs in a bar. And I think that's what this band is going for. And they're on their way to achieving it. Tanner, I have run out of steam. (laughs) What did you think about this song? I'm afraid I don't have much steam to offer to replenish our reserves with. Uh, similar to the last track, I don't have a ton to say one way or the other. I do like the production on this. Uh, it feels very weighty, which I suppose suits the sort of scrappy nature of the lyrics that you were talking about. The guitars here have a lot of heft to them. The chorus, even though it goes for the really high sort of soaring, anthemic, what have you, there's still a really thick low end grounding it which I appreciate, but like you mentioned, the the singing, the singer, I don't dislike the singer. I don't dislike the song. (laughs) Neither just really made that much of an impression on me either way. So, eh. Eh, doesn't have to. And that ends the UK block. Tanner, take it away. Well, I wish I could say that uh, I will be making less of the eh noise and hand gesture For my block here, I can't exactly promise that. As you heard at the top, pretty slim pickings this week. And so one of the four tracks that I was able to choose from, and one of the two I'm talking about this week, is Crushed Up. It's a lead single from superstar rapper Future's seventh album, The Wizard. 
which as uh, of a couple days before us recording this here on Sunday, it's officially out. Caitlin, have you heard it? I have not. I have not either, so I'm sure we will have the opportunity to talk about it more at length here uh, on the podcast once it inevitably debuts at number one and <laughs> pretty much every track presumably shows up on the Hot 100. Uh, interestingly enough, also promotion for this album, The Wizard, also includes an hour-length film about future. Oh my gosh, it's like Kanye status. A little bit. It had, it had screenings at a couple major U.S. metro areas. And then it came out on Apple Music on the 11th. Uh, I have not seen it. I don't subscribe to Apple Music. I don't particularly plan on seeing it, but maybe it's really good. I don't know. But meanwhile, Crushed Up marks Future's 77th song. That's two sevens. To hit the Hot 100, which ties him with Taylor Swift for the 10th highest number of appearances on that chart overall. Whoa! <laughs> That's a funny comparison. It's <laughs> a lot of songs. And so with all that being said, let's take a listen again. This is the lead single from Future's new album, The Wizard. This is Crushed Up. It wouldn't be a future track if there weren't some fascinating vocal timbres, and Crushed Up is no different. There's what I'm guessing is a light phaser on him throughout. It's particularly noticeable in the chorus, and if you go back to the beginning of the clip we played, you should be able to hear it there. And there's that high, whining background figure that sounds like a pitch-bent voice. It's uncomfortable, which I think works for the song. It makes it especially bleak on top of Future, who already sounds indifferent to all of these crushed-up diamonds around him. And it's a... To me, at least, it reads as a song about some sort of numbness to material pleasures. Diamonds, wealth, etc. It's territory I'm certainly a fan of. People I've talked to about Rihanna might remember that my favorite Rihanna song is Pour It Up, which is pretty much exactly this in terms of lyrical content. And it's territory that Future totally excels in. You know, he's not new to this, this uh, mode. And so because of all of that, I'm liable to kind of assign my mixed feelings on the track to just fate, the winds of chance, perhaps. <laughs> it's a very windy day, so maybe that's, that's part, partly so on dramatic. my mind. Very dramatic. As opposed to the song, I don't know. Like, it's, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Caitlin? See, this is hard for me because I also agree with that statement. It really didn't have an impression on me. I think I probably do a little bit more driving than you do, Tanner. So I curate playlists based on how much driving I'm going to do in a week. And this song was fun to drive to. I was just kind of bobbing my head around. I think some of my students saw me, which was not great. But anyway, 
I would throw it on a playlist that had a rotation of maybe, oh, seven days and forget about it because I'm like, man, Future's just going to keep coming out with music that is like fine. Like, good for you, man. Killing the game. I will make two other brief points here in what will be, oddly enough, my second reference to a bad James Bond movie that involves diamonds. <laughs> um, <laughs> all I could think of when I first heard this song was the villain in the 2000 film Die Another Day, or 2002, excuse me, film Die Another Day. Did you ever see that? Mm-hmm. It's, it's Pierce Brosnan's last Bond movie. It's not a good movie, <laughs> but one of the villains in it has diamonds in his face, crushed up. You can You can see them. Because it, it's the it's a whole thing at the beginning of the movie. Some diamonds blow up, and the exploded diamonds land in his face. But then I realized that Future was probably talking about watches and not the faces of Bond villains. And then or drugs. I was a bit disappointed. Or that that's also <laughs> that's also a possibility. Perhaps a little more closely related to the song itself. Uh, I do want to talk briefly about the outro. Which gets a bit closer to what I think would have sold me on the track. Let's take a brief listen to that. Tanner, thank you so much for playing that. Because it's the best, I think, snippet of music from this week out of all of the picks. It sounds so cool and it's a little bit different than what future, than what I, my ears are used to from future. And oh man, I just wish he released that like 15 seconds of amazing vocal chopping. Anyway. Yeah, I think it also does a really good job of contributing to the song's tone. It's about this numbness, this bleakness. And I wish it was more thoroughly integrated into the rest of the song, even though I, I suppose I understand why it, it wasn't. We certainly all remember the outcry of la di da da back on King's Dead last year. So as a standalone song, Crushed Up is solid enough. Uh, to be honest, I could see myself liking it more in the context of an album. I could see it working well as a sort of short, because it's, what, two and a half minutes? Just kind of short transition piece between one song to the next. So it's a bit of an odd choice for a single, but... It's alright, I'm still looking forward to The Wizard. Excited to talk about it, inevitably. Unfortunately, I can't quite say the same thing about this next song, one that I'm a little more wholly negative on. It's Butterfly Doors. It's Lil Pump. This is the rapper's latest single that may or may not be part of his delayed mixtape, Harvard Dropout. I know we talked about that before. The tape was supposed to release in tandem with a tour back in October, but that tour was eventually cancelled. The mixtape release was indefinitely postponed. And then on top of that, you have a couple legal scuffles Pump has gotten himself into lately. Last fall, he served a short jail sentence for a parole violation after he was arrested for driving without a license. And as far as I can tell, there haven't been any announcements about an impending release date. I'm assuming here that the original plan to release the tape unannounced is still in effect. A very popular way of releasing music these days, so it makes sense that there hasn't been some sort of announcement. But in any case, Butterfly Doors comes on the heels of previous songs we've discussed here on this podcast. And, you know, Esketit, Arms Around You. There's also I Love It, the song with Kanye West. And so now we're going to take a listen to see how it compares to those past discussions and those past songs. Again, this is Lil Pump, Butterfly Doors. 
butterfly doze. Space, space coupe look like a UFO. Smoking on damn. They call me, call me, cause my eye real low. low. Pulling up foes. Whoa. Baby mama whip a pot on the stove. Whip it, ain't no joke. No, you, you the type of will cry to a butterfly doze. Space, space coupe look like a UFO. Smoking on damn. They call me, call me, cause my eye real low. Pulling up foes. Whoa. Baby mama whip a pot on the stove. Mama, ain't no joke. You, you the type of go cry to a if I go broke, I'ma kick those, I'ma go Vaxxin' to the seagull, seagull. I can't go No, when I fly if I ain't got my pole Smokin' like gas with a border patrol, patrol. I run out of drinks so I cancel my show Whoa, I f*** these drinks on the floor Oh, I got a Glock in my drench uh-huh. Cancel the show, lost a hundred K Makin' like half a day, half a day Just got out of jail, got another case Checkin', checkin' nigga car, it is like split Two Lamborghinis with the butterfly doughs Caitlin, not even Lil Pump donning another Fiji water costume and bouncing around can get me excited about this track. As an occasional Lil Pump fan, I have to admit that I don't really hear a lot going on here. On songs like Gucci Gang, you have mind-numbing repetition to kind of propel it along. Bashes that phrase into your skull so many times that it almost becomes aesthetically valuable. So pleasant. (laughs) I think so, but... And then there's and then there's a song like Cascada that has energy, you know, very emphatic, which suits pump strengths. This doesn't have either of those, and it doesn't offer any any anything in the way of replacement. And it's especially troublesome since the beat here is even sparser than the beat on Gucci Gang or Cascada. The bass presence is definitely toned down. You don't hear that distorted bass that I remember you and I both loved on Gucci Gang. And within all of that extra empty space now, that sort of puts the onus on Pump to do something. And he doesn't. He just sort of ambles through the usual flows with a lot less verve than he usually does. It's, eh. it's it, it feels lazy, we'll say. It feels as lazy and tossed off as its use of Asian stereotyping that kind of triggered this online backlash when it first came out and then it got edited out of the song altogether he posted an apology on instagram on christmas eve which was weird to watch it's just a eh, eh. it's not it's not a particularly good song caitlin two things i may have talked about in the past how cardi b had to work on her technicality in terms of rapping in order to achieve the status she has fought so hard to achieve. This feels similar. This feels like a practice track to me. I noticed a couple times that he quickly varied his flow from that super popular triplet flow that we're hearing a lot of right now back to more straight beats. And I don't know, I there was something about the butterfly doors that I really liked. It reminded me kind of of like a kid's show. <laughs> That made yes, that made me giggle. That that was that was a bright spot. Yeah, so I think there were a couple things that were that I could see a silver lining to, perhaps, but I uh I don't think this is my favorite little pump song by any means. Definitely not, and definitely not our favorite song of the week. However, Caitlin, what was our favorite song of the week? Our favorite song well, my favorite song of the week was Longshot, but our favorite song of the week. There you go. <laughs> is Look Back At It. This is the first single released from A Boogie With The Hoodie's sophomore album titled Hoodie Season, and that was released back in December of 2018. That album is currently sitting very pretty atop 
the U.S. Billboard 200 chart and at number 23 over in the U.K. And as of right now, Boogie With The Hoodie has four songs on the Billboard Hot 100, three on the U.K. official charts, kind of nowhere near Drake status, but his career is having a pretty big, big upswing right now. So he's probably very excited. I'll be very honest with you all. I wanted very badly to talk about how cool the theory behind the main synth line is because that's what first kind of made me love the song so much. But I'm going to focus on something listeners as well as Tanner might find a little more interesting. (laughs) So a little bit of background look back at it was in the works for almost a whole year before its release. Why did it take so long to release, you ask, dear listeners? Because of how many Michael Jackson references are in the song. It took a boogie-whipped hoodie a very long time to obtain the rights to create this song. So I am definitely going to play you a couple of those references. But first, let's listen to our pick of the week. This is Look Back At It. I love the scatting and look back at it. It's so good. But not a boogie with the hoodies idea. The scatting comes from the very end of a Michael Jackson track from 1992 called Remember the Time. Let's take a listen. Caitlin, you just played my high-key favorite Michael Jackson song ever, so thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. You're welcome. Of course, anything for you, Tanner. Okay. I also love the melody and look back at it. A Boogie with the Hoodies vocals are so clear, and they sound vulnerable, and they just kind of sit on top of this uncluttered mix of instrumentals. I'm just, the production is so good on this. But the melody is also not a boogie with the hoodies. The melody belongs to his musical hero, Michael Jackson. Let's take a listen to a slightly more recent song. This is Michael Jackson's 2001 hit, You Rock My World. Let me know if the melody sounds familiar to you. My life will never be the same. Girl, 
Tanner. That was my legwork this week. Learning all about Michael Jackson in the context of a boogie with the hoodie. What do you think? I am so absolutely thrilled by those Michael Jackson connections, but I have to admit those actually didn't come to my mind, either of them. Wow. So they so I can't claim them as as part of why I think this song is so good. I also actually want to hear that theory breakdown you have later because the progression the harmonic progression of the song was also what grabbed me. It's very elegant. It's very graceful. Mm-hmm. And the choice in timbres make it sound, you know, if we're talking about scenery, imagery, I'm thinking some sort of moonlit city. Your hoodie pulled low over your head. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's a, it's a mix of mystery and romance. Also, if you check the album cover of Hoodie Season, it's a little similar to that. It's him sitting on some gray metro building, looking down while it maybe rains or something. It's it's got that. It's very it's very melodramatic. It reminded me of a Watchmen panel, like a panel from that graphic novel. Yeah, that's a really good comparison. I'm into that. Very, yes, very grandiose. And I'm also fascinated by Boogie's voice here. He has this mix of bravado and self-doubt that works for the song and also works really well with the lyrics. There are some parts where he is bagging on himself and he's like, eh, but if I'm wrong, just tell me I'm right, while acknowledging that that's a kind of insecure thing for him to want from people. And then at the same time, at the beginning of the chorus, I just love, he, he sounds like he's stifling a chuckle when he starts that chorus. And it's almost as if he's like laughing at himself and like his sheer luck. You know what? He has actually performed this live. Uh, I think it was Sirius XM I saw and then another on, I think, Stephen Colbert or something. I don't know. And he laughs during the live performances at those moments. So, wow, Tanner, you are in touch with your pop music self. Proud of you. That is fascinating. And I don't, I still don't entirely know the full meaning of what that laugh means but it's interesting also this has less to do with the song and more with the album as a whole hoodie season which is it's it's a solid album people should go check it out but i also bring that up because boogie's label mate don q who's also signed to hybrid he shows up on one of the tracks and don q is amazing he's probably (laughs) never going to hit the hot 100 but you heard it here on chart chat (laughs) we bring you both the picks of the week the top of the pops and the bubbling unders And with that, thank you so much for listening to Chart Chat, where we always promote our new bends. If you'd like to listen to all this past week's chart debuts, you can find a Spotify playlist in the show notes. And if you have any questions, feedback, or corrections, feel free to get in touch with us via email at chartchatcast at gmail.com. Also, if you're interested in following us on social media, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at chartchatcast. Please, if you would be so kind, consider rating and reviewing us on your podcasting platform of choice. Helps us find new listeners, get more of that juicy feedback. All that good stuff. Chart Chat's intro theme was written by Peter Kelly, and our cover art was made by Billy Phillips, both from Coronation Media. Coronation Media is a creative studio specializing in video production, animation, and graphic design. To learn what they can do for your company or organization, visit www.coronationmedia.com. Chart Chat is also a member of the Teej.fm network from WTJU. To learn more, visit Teej.fm. That's T-E-E-J.fm. Thanks again for listening to Chart Chat. I'm Tanner Green. And I'm Caitlin Flay. And we'll catch you next week. It's all because of me and the way I'm all on you. Girl, you know it's true. The way
way I speak, it's my melody. Don't you ever think it's another me, girl? On everything, it's a lot on me. I cannot be seen, I cannot be taken. Apologies, yeah, they proud on me, cause that bag on me, yeah, they after me. I got rags on me, got the stash on me, think they gassing me, yeah. Hoodie on low, but I stay focused, yeah. It's hard to stay low and everybody know this, yeah. Look back at it, she ain't never do this.